Well, good morning, Anchor Church. Pastor Ryan here with you. With you, but not with you. Like, not in the room with you because, man, it has been a crazy week. Uh, Lauren and I got back from our retreat, and we found out, like, 11 of our family members all around us got COVID, uh, including our son. Everybody's okay. Uh, But because of that, we tested negative. But because it's all around us, we thought, you know what? We're going to play it careful. We're not going to get around people for a little while. We're going to make sure that we are uh, healthy and well so that we just don't pass it on to anybody else. So because of that, I'm going to preach to you from my office. And uh, we're going to still hear from God's Word. And it's going to be awesome and awkward. uh, But I'm excited to preach God's Word with us this morning. Uh, First, an announcement. I'm sending out a really important update, a church update, the fall update this week. It's going to include a lot of important things that you're going to want to know about, including updates on the business and the finances and the future plans and COVID and everything. So you're going to want to not open that over the trash can. Not that you would ever do that. But when you get the church letter this week, make sure you look through it, you read it so that you're up to date and informed and let us know if you have any questions. All right, we are going to get in the word together. So open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. I am my own tech man this morning up here, so I'm going to put the title up on the screen. There it is. Uh, Glory in the Church is the name of the series. It has been our study through the book of Ephesians. We only have a few weeks left in the book of Ephesians, uh, and then we are going to be done. Here's the sermon title, Ambassador in Chains. The Apostle Paul today is going to talk to us uh, about what it means to be an ambassador in chains, and we are going to learn today, there's going to be two points And we're going to learn today as we close out kind of the armor of God imagery and go into the ambassador of Christ imagery, we're going to learn again what it means to fight and win our battles as we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray and then we'll get into the word together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this chance to open your word, to learn your word, and to walk humbly with the Lord Jesus Christ. Make us strong by your spirit, by your word. Give us great victories and teach us today from your word what it means to be ambassadors for Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Here's what it says. Uh, I'm going to actually back up to verse, uh, let's see, verse, or actually, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, but I'm going to start in verse 16. It says, In all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, which is how I ought to speak. Okay. So there's two points here, and the first one you can write down is this. Number one, pray boldly at all times. Go ahead and write that down. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. There we go. Number one, pray boldly at all times. As we are in a war and armed head to toe, we have to be communicating with the HQ above. Prayer is the way God speaks to us. It's the way we speak to God. So we have to pray boldly at all times. We're in a war, and that's why we're talking about the armor of God. And so I've showed a few pictures of Roman soldiers and centurions, just because when Paul said war, what exactly would he think about? Let me show another picture here of 
of just like some modern day interpretations of what battle scenes would have looked like back then. So here's, here's a war, a Roman war. And the Apostle Paul has that in mind. He has this in mind when he's talking about praying while you're in a war. Uh, we are going off to battle and we have to pray. Here's another picture of what it means for an, for an army to be getting ready to go off to war. And what do we pray for? Well, we're under attack. So we can cry out for strength. We can desire victory. But if we get hurt, if we get wounded in the fight, if we get knocked down, we can actually call out for a medic. Uh, Here's a picture of a battlefield medic carrying someone off the field. And frankly, that might be your prayer. Medic, medic, someone come pick me up because I am down and out. Pray boldly at all times. Let me talk specifically to the men of this church. Men, we're meeting this Tuesday night, and I would love for our church to have men who are praying, men who are at war, on their knees, praying. Prayer is so important. I found this great quote by a man named E.M. Bounds, and I'm going to read it to you. He says this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. I love that. I love how he says men mighty in prayer. Hey, are you a man mighty in prayer. I don't feel that way right now, but we've got to get there. We have to pray boldly at all times. And what does the Bible say about praying at all times? Well, look back down. It says pray at all times. So there is, you're you're praying whenever, which includes now. And it says in the spirit. So you can write that down next. Pray in the spirit. Uh, Pray in the spirit. I'll put that sub point up there. Uh, Pray in the Spirit. What exactly does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, there's a few things. It means that we already have direct access to God through His Spirit, and so we can enjoy that access to God because the Spirit is in us, and we don't need anything else to bridge the gap between us and God other than faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you grew up in a faith tradition where you were told that there are all of these things you need to do or objects you need to find or places you need to go or people you need to be aware of in order for your prayers to get heard. Hey, listen, that's simply not biblical. You can pray in the spirit. We also see here that prayer is a Trinitarian thing, which means the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all involved. To pray in the spirit means when we talk to God, the the Holy Eternal Spirit of God is involved in that process. We have direct access to God himself. That's wonderful news. It says in Romans 8, 26 to 27, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. You ever feel that way? I don't even know what to say. Sometimes I say that to God. Sometimes I say, God, I don't know how to talk to you about this. We don't know what to pray, for as we ought, But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You say it, 
And then the Spirit himself groans among the Trinity on your behalf. And he gets it right. And he who searches spirits knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Can there be any better news when you've got issues, when you've got problems, you don't even know what words to use with God. The very Spirit of God is speaking for you, speaking for you. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. Uh, You are praying and the Spirit is praying for you. Um, This also means that when we pray, we have to stay in line with God's Word because God's Word is the sword of the Spirit in the same context. Uh, Not every door that a Christian walks through can be marked God's will. You can't just say, God said, and go off and do it. It has to be in the Spirit. And what that means is it has to be in line with God's Word. Another way to find out what uh, the Spirit is leading and guiding and directing is through the body of Christ. The body of Christ, the Spirit makes us one with other Christians. And therefore, praying in the Spirit also means praying with other believers. So you're praying with the Word of God. You're praying directly and you're not involving anything else or anyone else. Um, and, And because of that, you can know that you're in touch with God. You're in line with God. So we have to pray in the Spirit. And I like what the Bible says about prayer elsewhere. Uh, It talks about how we can come into God's presence. I love that thought. Boldly, we can come into his presence. Uh, Now, if we go into God's presence, I bet there's a lot more important business going on than whatever we're going to ask for today. Am I right? Like whatever else he's doing, like I think of, I think of this father in heaven who's ruling it all and creation's on his agenda. He's keeping billions of stars hot. He's got gravity that needs to stay constant. The earth's core has to be, you know, just right. You think that thermostat is easy to manage and the nations are spiraling out of control. And then you barge in with your list. And you're welcome there. That just made me think of something I saw a few years ago. There was a BBC interview with two guys who were talking about some important political things. I mean, this was an adult conversation. And check out what happened um, in the middle of this grown-up conversation. Scandals happen all the time. The question is, how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift it, shifting... Shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. Pardon me. My apologies. What is this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last six months. I love that. I love that. That was actually his wife who like looked away for a second. And then the kids, of course, they want to know what dad's doing. So in they come. I think that's a lot like what prayer is. Like God is in heaven and then you come barging in with your list. But thankfully, guess what? We're already being talked about. Uh, The Spirit is groaning on our behalf. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. So Christ is praying for us. The Spirit is groaning on our behalf. The Father loves us. So prayer is really like barging into an adult meeting uh, with, with people who love you 
and you are so welcome there and you get to bring your requests and guess what they're already talking about you that's prayer uh tim keller i mentioned last week said prayer is friendship with god it's that simple and you can bring him anything that you want and and he will hear you and he will respond to you so we are to pray boldly at all times and we are to pray in the spirit building a quality relationship with god now it also says that we have to remain alert so it says pray in the spirit right verse 18 with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert keep alert so you can write that down stay alert here write this down stay alert alertness means awake awake and watchful those are the nuances of the word in the greek so if you are awake if you are watchful then you are alert well what does it mean to not be awake well that's an easy one right <laughs> snoring the disciples were literally sleeping when jesus told them that satan himself was on the way the night before jesus was crucified stay awake and pray he's coming he's coming and they're like i could really use a nap so we can be snoring when the danger is at our front door this is challenging us to stay alert to the danger prayerlessness is like being asleep on the battlefield when you are surrounded and the stakes are so high and you're literally unconscious that's what it means to be prayerless or disengaged or defeated no prayer so be watchful be aware of the danger around you and this can also mean to be mindful of the opportunity to see the opportunities that god has put before you to see where he's directing you where <clears throat> he's protecting you how he's correcting you so this is a good question are you spiritually alert right now if you're praying about your problems and your possibilities then that's spiritual alertness if you're not praying then that's a lack of spiritual alertness hey are you praying for your children for their protection are you praying for their discipleship lead them not into temptation but deliver them from evil prayer means you're at your post it means you're on guard it means you're watching through prayer are you praying for your spouse are you being watchful spiritually over them are you being alert if they're really struggling and let's face it in 2020 who's not struggling are you targeting your prayers based on your watchfulness over your marriage when it comes to your finances or your work i mean are you just worrying is your plan right now to go and buy extra strength tums right like that's i gotta get the big ones how about prayer how about praying for your company how about praying for your superiors how about praying for the economy are you are you praying or are you asleep this is what it means to be alert to be awake to be watchful and are you praying for your church <laughs> are you praying for me are you praying for our pastors uh we have several tools that you can use to pray for your church right now in fact on your way out uh there's going to be a prayer calendar that our staff came up with for this fall and there's uh 31 different uh days of prayer requests of prayer and you can just cross them off while you work your way through them but grab a prayer calendar on your way out and that's one way that you can pray for your church hey are you staying alert 
Are you being watchful or are you asleep on the battlefield? So stay alert. And then he goes on to say this, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. So, so pray in the spirit, stay alert, and then do it with all perseverance, which means write this down. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. Pray in the spirit boldly, stay alert, and don't stop. You're going to have problems and you're going to have to wait for God to respond longer than you would like to think. You're going to have to pray and then not fold your arms and say, there, I did it. You're going to have to keep praying again and again for days, for months, for years. You're going to have to keep praying. The word here for for persevering or or uh or doing this in an ongoing way, means to continue doing something with intense effort, to be devoted or persistent, meaning you don't quit. So I told you, Lauren and I went to Arizona, and I'm just determined to continue mentioning this so that everybody gets mad at us. But anyway, we went to Arizona last week. We've got it hard now, so I kind of think that we're being punished because I was so proud about all this. Anyway, we went to Arizona. We got to hike a lot of trails, and here's some trail pictures for one of the hikes that we were on. And when we were hiking this trail, you can see that it's fairly rugged. There's uh, lots of uh, bushes all around and there's cactus with the, you know, the prickly thorns on them. And uh, you can see that we had to hike all the way up to the top of one. There's big boulders all around. And so we were pretty exhausted and we were getting thirsty and hungry. And then after about an hour or more, we uh, got to this sign. <laughs> strenuous beyond this point and we were like what 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 was the last hour of hiking like but thankfully lauren's a champ and she's got a big smile on her face and we took some fun pictures to show you the the reward that comes when you actually stay on the trail so we stayed on the trail we continued the hike even though it said strenuous beyond this point we didn't give up we kept hiking and we got some really awesome memories and pictures so listen don't stop don't stop. Our temptation is pray and then quit. Isn't it? Oh, I prayed last week about this. And then we're done. Uh, and if things get worse after we pray, we're supposed to persist in prayer. Hey, strenuous beyond this point, keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Um, I'm getting ready to run a marathon. I told you that before. And so one funny sign that people hold up, uh, or it's kind of a runner saying is while they're running a long distance, they say, shut up legs, right? Shut up legs. Cause the legs are just like, let's stop. Let's stop. Can we stop? Please stop. I need to stop. And what I would say is this, as you pray, uh, for something and it's taking longer than you think, and you get down on your knees, pray until your knees ache, and then look down and say, shut up knees. All right. Shut up knees. We're staying down here. We're going to keep praying. Just say that endure in prayer. Don't stop. Don't stop. And when you continue to pray, you are going to see God's power at work. Come on, let's be real. When we want to hurry God up, it's usually because we're short-sighted and selfish. It's usually because we just want him to do what we want. We want him to do what we say when we say. And do you really think that's going to make the world a better place? We've got to admit our selfishness. And when we get to prayer, we have to kneel down and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I'm ready to quit. And then we have to keep doing it. So pray boldly at all times in the spirit. Stay alert. Don't stop. And then write this down. Pray for other believers. Pray for other believers. 
Uh, it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, for all the saints, and for me, he says, and for me, uh, that words may be given to me. All the saints, that doesn't mean people who've been promoted to like higher status. We're the saints. Saint in the Bible means someone who's been saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a saint. And uh, don't let that go to your head. Okay, you've still got issues. But the point is that you are precious to God. So you're supposed to pray for the rest of the church, for, for everybody in the church. And we're supposed to take care of each other. So we're supposed to pray for direction, to pray for strength, to pray for peace, to pray for joy for our fellow Christians. You know, one way you can request prayer so that you can allow other people to pray for you as we have these prayer request cards in the chair back in front of you and also on the table in the lobby. But you can turn in a prayer and say, I want other people to be praying for me. Uh, I think that there are some prayers that God won't answer unless you get other people praying for you. He just won't. You've got to get a chorus of voices who are raising up this issue with you. Uh, so we've got to involve one another in prayer. Paul says he needs prayer. What what kind of prayer would that? He's a super apostle. I could just imagine that. Um, help Paul, who has seen heaven, who you are using to write the Bible. Uh, give him words. <laughs> Paul wants that. He needs that. And if he needs prayer, how much more do we need prayer? So it's only a two-point message. Number one, pray boldly at all times. Pray in the Spirit. Stay alert. Don't stop. Pray for other believers. Then he goes on to say this in verse 19. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So the second main point that you can write down is this. Proclaim the gospel boldly to all nations. Now we're, we're coming out of the armor of God and we're going into the ambassador in chains. <clears throat> the ambassador in chains. He says in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He wants to declare the gospel boldly everywhere he goes, but he's in chains, like chained to a Roman soldier. He can go three feet, right? Can't even go to the restroom on his own. He's, he's got this vision of the gospel getting to all nations. He's got an image of himself as an ambassador of God, but he's in jail when he writes this book. What a powerful picture of evangelism. What do ambassadors do? Well, they go on foreign soil. And that means that this world is not your home. We are the away team. We're visiting here. And we bring a message from the high king of heaven to every nation, tribe, and tongue. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. That's our message. We have to proclaim this gospel to all nations that they will be saved from eternal destruction. So this point is on evangelism. And you can write this down. We are ambassadors for Christ. Go ahead and write that down. <clears throat> we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent the interests of our homeland and our superiors. We are representing the great king. We are representing heaven. And there's a few verses I want to share with you. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Do you see that? We're making the appeal, God's making the appeal through us. As we implore people to be reconciled to God, God is at work through our efforts. Now it says this in Philippians 3.20, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So our citizenship is in heaven. This world is not our home. We're citizens. We have dual citizenship. We do belong in the world, but we're not of the world. And so we're ambassadors for Christ. I love the story from World War II of Field Marshal Montgomery, who was pressing the Allies' position deep into Germany, and he heard that the Germans wanted to surrender. And he served as a representative for all of the Allies, and he decided to meet with them. And here's a picture from that meeting. This was toward the tail end of the war, and these generals showed up, and they said, we would like to discuss the terms of a surrender. They had a little trouble in the morning because the Germans were not willing to fully surrender. The Germans had some ideas of how the surrender should actually go down. So then after lunch, they met again, and General Montgomery said this, uh, I will show you my map. I am about to annihilate all of your forces and all of your troops, and I would be happy to do so. Uh, unless, number one, you unconditionally surrender all of your armies. Number two, and he said this, there is no number two. <laughs> you will unconditionally surrender all of your armies to me. Or number three, I will completely destroy all of you. One, two, three, done. I love that. Uh, he was representing a much larger army that was coming to destroy the Germans. And they surrendered. They surrendered. Now listen, this was the worst news they ever could have heard. You're going to lose. You're all going to die. You're going to be destroyed. Best news ever. I will accept your surrender right here. That's how it works. We bring great news from another land, but it's also bad news. You're at war with the high king of heaven. I've got great news. Lay down your arms. Surrender all unconditionally, number one. Number two, there is no number two. Number three, once you do that, God will determine the conditions of your surrender and he will welcome you into his kingdom. One, two, three. So <clears throat> we are ambassadors for Christ. And in sharing the gospel, we are giving people hope of peace with God. So Paul says, Pray for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So the mystery of the gospel means faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why does it use the word mystery? Well, you can go ahead and write this down. What we're sharing with other people is our faith. We're sharing our faith. The gospel is our faith. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is our faith. And so um, we are telling other people with our mouths, right? He says that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly. We are opening our mouths boldly with the words that God is giving us, right? And it says to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. It's called a mystery here because all throughout the Old Testament, God, through the prophets, was alerting them to something that was going to happen. But it wasn't crystal clear. He was sending a Messiah, sending a ruler, sending a shepherd, sending a deliverer, but he kept it veiled. What was a mystery in the old has now been fully made known in the new. It's been revealed. It's no longer a mystery. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. 
And so it's called the mystery of the gospel, which has now been made known. And the word gospel uh, means, it's where we get our word for evangelism. It means good news. And so the good news is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He died on the cross for all of our sins. He was put in a tomb. On the third day, he rose again, and now he rules heaven and earth with all authority. He will come back for those who are his followers to receive them into his kingdom. And if between now and then we pass along, he receives us into glory. Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. No one else can make that promise to you. That's great news. This is what we share with the nations. We must share our faith with others. And when we share our faith with others, it's going to take guts because it's a scary thing to do. But it's also going to take wisdom because we have to gauge the other person's readiness. We practice what's called red apple, revangel- red apple evangelism at Anchor Church. And what that means is this. You try and figure out if the fruit is ripe yet. Is this person ready to hear it? Are they defensive? Um, you can ask yourself, you know, is their mind open to a, a good spiritual conversation? Or it will, will they not even have a talk about it? Ask yourself, is their heart open? Or do they just shut down? Are they dismissive or angry? If their mind is open and their heart is open, then you have a chance to share the truth with them. And then maybe their will will open up. Maybe not. But the point is this. God is ripening them like an apple to hear the gospel. Their mind, their heart, and their will. Now, if they're not ready yet, here's what we say. Don't bruise the fruit. Okay, if they're not ready yet, don't throw it on the ground or insult them or judge them or condemn them. Just give it time. Jesus was really good at knowing when the conversation was over and moving on. He was really good. And so have a great conversation, but allow God to ripen the person to the gospel. And ask yourself this, is God giving you an opportunity right now to share your faith with somebody? Is there someone in your life who's asking questions or who's really crushed and looking for answers or who just says that they're ready for a change? Is God tapping you on the shoulder and giving you a chance to share your faith? I've shared my faith with people in an Uber, at Dunkin' Donuts, uh, in a kitchen, at a shopping mall, over Facebook. I was in the Grand Canyon once, walking down into the Grand Canyon, and there was an engineer who ditched an engineering conference, being naughty, to go into the Grand Canyon. The entire way down, we had a wonderful conversation about creation. And I asked this engineer, do you really think that all this was made with no design, no schematics, no blueprint? And he had a lot to think about, right? That was a divine appointment. So God, are you praying that God will give you divine appointments? This leads us into the last point, which is this. Prayer and evangelism are inseparable right here in this passage. He says, pray that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, which is how I ought to speak. So write this down. Pray for the lost and leave the results to God. Hey, evangelism is fueled by prayer. And prayer is fueled by evangelism. Heaven help me, I'm going out to share my faith right now, right? Pray for the lost and leave the results to God. Are you praying for people to be saved by name? Or have you given up on them? Are you... Do you even believe they need to be saved? Or have you eliminated that burden from your heart? Well, they'll be okay, probably. Um, They are at war with God. And his wrath is sure to come. And hell is eternal conscious torment. Eternal conscious 
torment. And the Bible says, snatch others from the fire and save them. Are you praying for the lost? And then as you're praying for them, are you watching? Are you alert for open doors? And are you not losing heart? Look, Paul's in jail. He could just be like, I quit. I obviously failed. What am I going to share? You know, the gospel with with my my guard here again? Absolutely. That's what he did. In fact, it got to the point where they said in the Bible that all of Caesar's household had heard about the gospel. And so pray for the lost, share your faith, and then listen, leave the results with God. Leave it with God. It's not your responsibility to decide how they respond. They threw Paul in jail. He saw heaven. They threw him in jail. It's not your job to worry about the response. You just have to faithfully share the gospel with others. And so number one, pray boldly at all times. Pray in the spirit. Stay alert. Don't stop. Pray for other believers. Number two, proclaim the gospel boldly to all nations. We're ambassadors for Christ. We must share our faith with others, pray for the lost, and leave the results to God. Let's pray right now. Father, we just invite you to do a great work in our hearts. Help us to open our mouths, to open our hearts, and to share all of our anxieties with you this week. May we cast all of our cares upon you. There are many, many, many cares this year. And I know that many people in this room, they, they haven't even opened up their hearts to you yet. They haven't even shared it all with you yet. They're just holding it in, like holding their breath. I pray that this week we would be great in prayer, that we would persist in prayer. I pray that we would pray in the Spirit, that we wouldn't give up. Hear our prayers and respond to us. May we lift each other up in prayer. And I also ask, Father, that you would give us divine appointments to share our faith with others. Open their hearts to the gospel. Ripen them to the gospel. May we have great conversations with people about spiritual truths. May we see a breakthrough with people who were defensive or offended by the truth of Christ. And may we have people who are ready to cross the line. I think right now of anybody who is watching this online or live in person, they might be ready to say, I'm in. I believe Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and this is the truth I've been waiting for my whole life. Maybe some people are feeling like they've heard this again and again and again, but they've never embraced it, and they know it's time. I just pray that the crushing burden of 2020 would drive some people to realize that only Christ will be on the throne forever. Therefore, we should follow him as citizens of a better kingdom. Lord, I pray that anyone who calls out to Jesus right now and asks for salvation, that they would know they are forgiven forever. And may they go and testify of their faith to other people. Build up our church in prayer and build up our church in evangelism. And we pray all this by your spirit and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are loved.